You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. We have reached the end of the marathon with only days remaining in the NBA season. And the crazy thing is, I find myself every single day looking at the standings in the NBA more than I ever have before. And through all of it, I keep looking at it saying, I don't remember a year where so much was on the line that mattered so incredibly much to so many teams when you talk about seeding in the NBA. It's come down to the end. And it's part of the reason NBA action this year is truly fantastic. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Jason Fitz flying solo tonight. We're, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests will join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Now, tonight is a huge night in the NBA. And it's easy for us to say that happens all the time. And obviously, a lot of us watch a lot of the NBA, so we have passion for it. Sometimes, when you have these marathon seasons, it becomes easy to... Let the games matter less. It becomes easy to look at and say, hey, this is just one night, and as a result, not that much is on the line. But now, with only a few days left in the season, and you see how tight all of the seeding is, I find myself just stunned with what we're seeing, particularly for certain teams. The Knicks, for example. The Knicks are sitting there, and they've been all the rage. Everybody loves to talk about the Knicks, right? Well, the Knicks, a week ago... We're going to be the four seed, and everything looked like it was going to be spectacularly set up for them to possibly even advance in the first round. What could they get done now? The Knicks sit in the sixth seed. The sixth seed. But only a half a game separate the Hawks, the Heat, and the Knicks all together. You got three teams within half of a game trying to find their way into the four seed because let's be real, the tone changes depending on what happens in the playoff seeding. We, we uh, at some point, have to look at these things past just the fact that, hey, this team got in. The Knicks won. Everybody's excited. They're ahead of schedule. They're getting in the playoffs. Yeah, it's easy to be excited about that. You should be excited about that. But you also got to be real. I mean, if the Knicks go in to the first round of the playoffs and they're facing the Hawks and they win, everybody's going to have just that little bit of pep in their step. Everybody's going to feel better about it. If they face the heat and they manage to get through that series, or even if they lose that series, but it's a close series, I believe that Knicks fans will sit back and say, hey, look, we're building. We're building for the future and everything's going to be just fine. But that's not where the Knicks sit right now. As we come to the end of the season, the Knicks sit in the sixth seed, meaning they'd get a first-round matchup against the Bucks. Now, that means we got to be painfully honest here. The Bucs would thrash the Knicks. It won't be a series. They'll absolutely demolish New York, and it'll be a perfect little appetizer. Like when you get to a really fancy restaurant, and you don't expect you're getting an appetizer, and they bring out like a little spoonful of something at the beginning of your meal that you didn't know you were going to get free. Like it's free food, and you're just happy to get it. That's how the Knicks will absolutely be annihilated by the Bucs. Like they're the free spoonful of something just to get your appetite rolling. And that would absolutely change the way that Knicks fans feel going into all of this. Right now, the Knicks can feel like they're playing with house money. But if they go in and get wiped by the Bucks, it's a reminder that, hey, there's a big difference between being the sixth seed in the East and being an actual contender. Spain and Fitz, uh, Jason Fitz flying solo tonight. Almost said Sarah's name. Sarah, by the way, doing great work with the ESPN Women's Summit today. So she gets tonight off. She will join us at 8 o'clock. We'll talk a little bit of the NFL schedule, a little bit of our Bears-Raiders rivalry. We'll do all that in about an hour. But in the meantime tonight, I'll be running solo. And, And as we look at the playoff scenarios, it's not just the Knicks that have everybody sort of looking at the, the constantly looking at the seating. It's also, as we've talked about a million times, 
It's about the play-in tournament. Now, the Lakers sit in the seventh seed, and we've talked about the West so much that the Lakers, Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs, those are our four teams that look like they may be facing each other depending on how it plays out in this, uh, in this play-in tournament. But let's not get it twisted. Not every seven seed is made the same. In fact, Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, reminded us of that this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin when he was talking about the Celtics. Well, to be honest, from watching them last night, they really don't care. Mm. Um, uh, honestly, and, and to be honest, some of the some of the others around them are really just not good. Like, and they don't match the the level of of other role players that are consider, considered contenders. When you look at guys like Jimmy Ojale and, and Grant Williams, and you know um, those type of guys, and even even. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say Tristan Thompson, but he's not the Tristan Thompson of old. He still have the hustle in him. But to be honest, they just don't match up well. They not they don't they not athletic, and it's crazy because they're young, but they play so old. And a part of it want to blame it on Brad, but after covering the game last night, because I do the Boston Celtics Network on the side and actually cover that game. It's, it's on the players, and I don't know if they have the spirit. I don't know if they give a damn, to be honest. First of all, Kay Perk, uh, giving us the, the great takes as always, Kendrick Perkins, but also just mentioning the side hustle, which I appreciate. You know, he, he sees this Celtics teams all the time, and like he just said, they're playing like they don't give a damn. And on the East right now, you can get away with that. Like, we're talking about the play-in tournament like it's the best thing since sliced bread without even acknowledging the fact that part of the reason the play-in tournament is so spectacular is because we're lucky this year and huge brands are involved in it in the West. If we were talking about the same play-in tournament and instead of the Lakers and instead of the Warriors coming into that conversation, we were talking about a Western Conference play-in tournament that, I don't know, involved the Thunder and the Timberwolves and the Kings. Is everybody going to be that excited? Because that's what we have in the East. I mean, are you really that amped for Celtics, Hornets, Pacers, and Wizards? Now, taking nothing away, especially I know Hornets fans really excited about the fact that they've made the playoffs. The Wizards went through a little run where they looked a little better this year and has Washington slightly excited, we'll say it that way. But come on, we're not getting that stoked for any of those four teams that are putting themselves in the conversation. It's just not happening. Part of the reason we love the play-in is because of the teams that are involved in the play-in. And that's why not all play-in teams are built the same. So part of the reason this NBA season is so exciting is because we've got play-in brands and because seeding matters so much. And seeding matters because we don't really believe in most of these teams. Like, that's the under-talked-about under portion of this. Like, it's cool to have a conversation about the Hawks, the Heat, the Knicks, the Celtics, all of them. But do any of us really think they stand a chance against Philly, Brooklyn, or Milwaukee? No. But what the play-in has done, and what the playoff has done this year for the NBA in general, is it's at least given us something to be excited about to avoid those good teams. Instead of having a conversation about how top-heavy the East is, which is what we're usually talking about right now, instead of talking about the fact that there are just a few dominant teams and everybody else is likely wasting their time this year, we're talking about seeding. We're talking about excitement, and we're talking about teams trying to avoid certain teams. Heck, in the West, we've been talking about whether or not good teams will actually try and find a way to avoid the Lakers if they're in the play-in. That's the sort of excitement that has come. Every single league 
is constantly trying to find a way to improve their playoff. Whether it's the NFL adding a wild card team, whether it's the NFL adding an extra game to try and tease all of this. No matter what they're doing, every single league is trying to improve their playoff. In fact, I would argue that one team, one league has done it better than anybody right now. That's the NBA because they have shifted the conversation. Do want to make sure you're updated too. Uh, big news for the Knicks. Derek Rose, uh, remember the Knicks 22-11 and 11 with him in the lineup. Looks like he's going to be out again. He will miss tonight's game uh, with an ankle injury. So obviously that will continue to be one of those moments where Knicks fans across the country are puckered up. All right, coming up. Brady in the Patriots game has everybody giving you all sorts of hot takes, and I'm not sure I've heard as many people that work in media be as wrong as they have been in the last 24 hours. I'll tell you why next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. This is simple. Everybody is saying the same thing about one game on the NFL schedule. Now, the NFL schedule release is always a bit of a joke because, frankly, you can Google it right now for anyone that doesn't know, and you can find out 14 of your team's 17 opponents for the next five years. It's already mapped out. That's how far in advance we know who you're going to play. In fact, we know which games are going to be home and which ones are going to be away. The only thing we don't know about the next five years is when those games are going to take place in the calendar year. So that's the only thing that's truly being revealed. So all eyes, of course, are going to be on the schedule as everybody takes a look to see how particular games we know are coming will play out. One of those games, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New England Patriots. That's right. Tom Brady returning to Gillette to face Bill Belichick. And that is, that's happening week four on Sunday Night Football on NBC. So as a result, it has a lot of takery going on. In fact, Justin Tinsley, who I love, by the way, was on Around the Horn, and he had strong takes for how much hype this game's going to get. I love the drama. I love old man Brady getting spicy. And I'm today years old finding out that Tom Brady's actually a junior. I never knew this. And they say the cheapest ticket already for this game is $1,500. This game, this game is going to be the most hyped regular season game that I can remember, and I can't wait. Now that right there, Justin Tinsley saying, going to be the most hyped regular season, echoes the sentiment of many of the articles I read. The biggest regular season game we've ever seen. You've got people coming out saying, oh, this is going to be the game of the year and everything hinges on it. Well, guess what, y'all? You guys got takes? I got takes too. That's right. Look, and Sarah's not here to stop the hot takery, so I'm bringing my takes hot now. And I'm telling you, at at this point, somebody's got to be the real messenger of truth here, right? The truth is, this game doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It's going to be fun to talk about a little bit of revenge. It's going to be fun to talk about Brady versus Belichick for a week. It's going to be fun to watch the game, but it doesn't matter. When you have two people in Tom Brady and Bill Belichick that have built their legacy on Super Bowls, a regular season game means nothing. Think about it. What are we going to have in this situation? Okay, so let's just play this imaginary scenario out where all 22 starters return for the Buccaneers and they're the best returning champion we've ever seen. They go into Foxborough and they lay 50 and they beat Belichick 50 to nothing. Do you think anybody's going to care if New England goes farther in the playoffs? Do you think anybody's going to care if the Buccaneers don't win the Super Bowl next year? Do you think anybody's going to care if the Patriots do? All of those things make this regular season game meaningless. It's a fun conversation. 
it's a cool opportunity to see a little bit of revenge. Right? But when two people break up, you can't focus on the next person they're dating. That's too short-sighted. You can look at this moment, this game, but let's at least be honest about what it means to their legacy, which is nothing. The legacy of Bill Belichick will be built based on what he is now capable of doing away from Tom Brady. And that is not an answer we will have for several years. I'm sorry. I know y'all want that answer right now. And I know that it's fun to sit on TV and debate these things back and forth and back and forth today. But for once, can we acknowledge that this book report can't be written until you finish reading the whole damn book? And we won't have the whole book on what the Patriots are trying to do without Tom Brady until there is proof of concept, and that proof of concept will take years to manifest. This isn't complicated. Bill Belichick isn't working on a calendar of right now. He's working on a calendar of long term. Right? He's working on a calendar of the next five years. Can he turn Mac Jones into the next Tom Brady? And if he does, if he turns around and has tremendous success with Mac Jones and suddenly turns into a Packers-like domination where they go from Brady to Mac Jones the way the Packers went from Aaron Rodgers to Brett Favre, from, from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, if that, all of that happens in sequence, then we can say, wow, wow. Belichick, mm, maybe, maybe he was the catalyst. Maybe he was the one. We can have that debate in five years. We can have the debate when we've seen what he's actually building, but we don't know the answer to that yet. Look at that. I got takes and we're building. Come on now. I'm just going to keep saying that because I love hearing that drop. Spain and Fitz, Jason Fitz, flying solo. I mean, when you think about what Brady has to accomplish, he has to accomplish it now. Because by the very nature of his job, he has less time to do it. If you play, you've got a limited window to play in. It doesn't matter if we think that Brady's going to play till he's 50. How At some point, Brady will be done playing. They can wheel Belichick out there when he's 932 years old and put him on the sidelines and he'll still be able to coach. They have different time frames. So now what you're doing is you're trying to judge two people in a revenge matchup in some way that will be a statement of their legacy without even acknowledging that the two of them have very different responsibilities on different timelines. Like, there's just no way to put all of this on one plane. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be fun. And in fact, that doesn't mean that everybody's not excited for it. Teddy Bruschi, ESPN NFL analyst, said this on Barton Hahn about Brady. This is a very emotional guy, and, and his exit from New England, and then, of course, winning a championship with Tampa Bay. I mean, he wants to go back and, I don't know, score 30, 40, 50 points. That's, that's just the way he thinks. I mean, with Bill, Bill, I'm sure he saw it as, hey, guys, September's like an extension of the preseason. We're just getting ready for the long run. But, uh, I mean, he's a, little, a lot less emotional than Tom. So I would say Brady knew he was coming back um, this year eventually. And, you know, finding out it's week four, yeah, he's looking forward to that one. Teddy giving you the straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contracts, no compromise. Doesn't that speak to what I'm talking about? They are running on different time frames. You know, and, and at some point, we as a collective population have to learn to have some sort of uh, balance in the way we look at things. I had a, a buddy named Tom years ago. Tom uh, was a guitar player for the band Perry when I first joined the band. And Tom was a great guy, is a great guy. But Tom, everywhere we went on the road, it didn't matter where we were. If Tom sat down and had a cup of coffee, he would loudly slurp that cup of coffee. He'd let out a, and then he would say, guys, this is the best cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. Now, the first time you hear it, 
you say, okay, this must be great. Let's all hunker down to the coffee bar and we're going to try some. And then you're like, eh, I don't know. Maybe it's just a crappy cup of coffee, right? Like maybe it's not all that great. The third time, the fifth time, the seventh time, eventually you realize a little bit of boy who cried wolf here. Like maybe it's just a pretty good cup of coffee. And if you'd sold it to me as a pretty good cup of coffee, I could have enjoyed it. That's what we're doing here. We've instead of let it be a great game that's going to be a lot of fun with the dramatic storyline of revenge, we've got to make it the most insane regular season game in history. We've got to make it this huge moment where two men face each other in a way that will impact the way we remember their legacies forever. No, we don't. No, we don't. In fact, Brady taking on the Buccaneers will have very little, if any, impact on which one of these teams wins their division. It won't have any tiebreaker impact on anything they do. It won't have any home field advantage impact on anything they do. It won't even be a playoff game. At least if it was a playoff game, I could buy a tiny bit of the narrative. But no, no, it's not even that. It's just a regular season game in September. I mean, it's a regular, I'm sorry, October 3rd. I looked it up. It's a regular season game in week four. I refuse to let a regular season game in week four have any meaning when you're talking about people that have enough Super Bowls to wear one on every finger and one on every thumb and people that are making legacies that will last forever. I won't do it. All right, that's my take on it, but we'll talk to somebody that maybe is a little closer to it. We'll head out to one of our buddies from WEEI that played for the Patriots. We'll get some thoughts on how somebody right in the thick of it feels about the game of the century. Next, Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It's not the game of the century. It's not a legacy-making game. It's a week four regular season game. Come on. But it's still Tom Brady going back to New England to take on the Patriots. So maybe, maybe I'm underestimating it. We'll get some expertise. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Jason Fitz flying solo tonight, uh, and uh, Sarah Spain doing some great work with the ESPN Women's Summit. Uh, obviously, uh, we uh, we hope she gets a relaxing, amazing night. She's earned it and did some crazy, uh, awesome work with uh, ESPN today. So bummer that she's not with us tonight, but I will fly solo and I will continue to give my hot takes without anybody to uh, tell me I can't. It's really, uh, you know, this is a freeing moment. So we are going to get some expertise, though. And for that, we'll head over to the Goodyear Hotline. Joined by a former Patriots player, former Patriots tight end. You can hear him on WEEI, Jermaine Wiggins. Jermaine, man, I really appreciate your time. I'm trying, uh, like, I feel like this is crazy to say that trying not to have a hot take feels like a hot take in this business sometimes. But realistically, I want Brady versus Belichick to be amazing and incredible. But I don't see where it's some epic landmark, oh my God, this is going to affect the legacy of both players. Like, am I wrong? Uh, I think you are. This is the biggest matchup in all of sports history. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> You're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time versus the greatest coach of all time, the defensive genius in Bill Belichick. And those two guys have had so had more success than any tandem in any sport in history, and they are going to be matching up when they're still kind of at the peak of their performance. Brady's coming off a Super Bowl win. I know Bill had a down year, but you know, as a coach, he's still the best in the business. I don't, I've never seen a matchup like this, and I don't think you can ever find one, and you probably never will find one again. I understand it's a regular season game week four, but the, there's never been, never will, and probably uh, never up to this day will be a matchup that'll be of this type of magnitude. 
Look at this. I mean, you're, you're bringing the fire, and you know the area. You know the passion for it. My only counter to it, Jermaine, would be that realistically, mm-hmm. these guys are judged not on anything they do in the regular season. They're judged on Super Bowl. So if Bill goes out and beats Tom by 100 or vice versa, but then mm-hmm. the whoever wins doesn't go to the Super Bowl, who's going to care? Like that, That's my biggest beef is like in the moment it feels great, but later it'll be minimalized based on what they do in the playoffs. Well, see, I think the biggest thing that we have to look at, people are going to care because – they obviously uh, the, the the conversation has already been said is you know is it Brady or Belichick? A lot of people are saying it's Brady because he went and won a Super Bowl. Now what you're getting is you're getting them matching up against each other. The defensive genius, how does he stop the goat, the greatest offensive player in NFL history, and Tom Brady? How does he scheme and game plan for a guy he knows better than anybody else? But that guy also knows him better than anybody else. So I think that matchup in itself is so intriguing, and I understand it's just a regular season game, and at the end of the day, it probably won't mean nothing in the big picture as far as the playoffs and the Super Bowl and all that has to go, but in the legacy of them matching up against each other, unless they both get to the Super Bowl, people are going to be talking about the one time um, or whether it's two times if they do see each other in the Super Bowl, the times that they matched up against each other, and I think as of right now, this is what we're going to go on because they may never ever match up again, and we'll only have this game to kind of say, well, see, we kind of thought it was Belichick or we thought it was Brady because he won a Super Bowl, and now he just proved that it was, whether whoever comes out on top. I think it's fascinating to see if if Belichick can stop Brady or or if, if Brady can carve up Bill Belichick's defense. We're talking to Jermaine Wiggins. You can hear him on WEEI, former Patriots tight end. And, hey, look, maybe I'm just a killjoy because you are starting to get me a little hyped about it, Jermaine. I'll admit it. Like, you're, you're getting my blood boiling a little bit. Maybe I'm feeling it now. So who do you think has the advantage in a matchup between Bill and uh, Tom? I would say in this matchup it's probably Belichick. reason why I would say Bill is because Tom's such an emotional player. And I know Teddy Bruschi had made mention to this on ESPN, and it's true. He's such an emotional player, and the game is going to mean so much to both of them, but the emotions that Tom brings to the game, sometimes he could be, that could make him like a wild tornado, where Belichick, he has no emotion, right? He has no emotion. He's going out there, and he's not preparing like it's just another game. He knows the magnitude of the game, but he's not going to let the emotion of the game, the crowd, and all that, get into him, you know, get into his mind where Brady might, you know, he might allow that to seep in a little bit. Maybe he takes it a little bit personal. And then sometimes, you know how it says, when you mix, you know, when you mix uh, 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 personal life and business, sometimes it goes a little bit, it goes left. So I think that's going to be the only difference in this game where Bill might have the advantage um, is, is he won't take it as personal emotionally wise. And it won't be as much passion and fire coming through Belichick like we'll see Tom Brady on Sun, uh, on that Sunday night. You know, that brings up an interesting question to me, Jermaine, because fans always take everything personal. That's part of what makes, you know, fans amazing. So how are the fans going to receive Brady in that stadium that night? We'll cheer him, you know, his first time he runs on the field and he gets on the center, you know, we'll cheer him. But as soon as, as soon as he takes that snap and he throws his first pass or he hands the football over, he now becomes the enemy. So he'll get that first chair, he'll get that standing ovation. Um, but after that, it's, you know, we're, we're here to support the Patriots. Patriots fans like myself, we root for 
the, 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 the logo on the side of the helmet or the name on the front of the jersey. You know, we root for the guys' names on the back, but once they go on to another place, we respect what they did. We're, we're appreciative of what they did for us as an organization, but at the end of the day, it's the name on the front of the jersey that we root for. We're talking to Jermaine Wiggins. You can hear him on WEEI. Spain and Fitz, Jason Fitz flying solo tonight. So, you know, I think it's interesting to me. I've made the analogy a few times that the Patriots spent a long time running a restaurant that had the best chef in the world in Tom Brady. So maybe the ingredients weren't always perfect around him, but it didn't matter because you got the best chef in the world and you can compensate for that. Now, obviously, they no longer have that chef. So they had to go out and get better ingredients. They spent a lot of money this year in free agency, and they've been very aggressive. The question from my mind is that how do you bring all of these new pieces into the Patriot way that we always hear about quickly when they've all come from different places and you're doing business differently than you've done it in the past? Well, I think it's about guys, the guys you bring in, and do they buy into the system? And when you look at uh, the guys that they brought in, a lot of these guys are veterans and, you know, been in a lot of places. You talk about Hunter Henry, talk about John U. Smith, uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Kendrick Bourne. These guys have been in other places, but now they're getting their opportunity here in New England, and it's about buying into the system. And I think that's what happens when you're a free agent. You ultimately, when you sign someplace, you realize, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to buy into this system, understands the offense, and do what I need to do to go out there and contribute and make plays. And I think that's the thing that you're going to start to see is that these guys are now going to be in a system that is going to afford them the opportunity to continue their success, and it's just about them buying into it. You mentioned Janu and, and Hunter Henry and, and Nelson. I mean, you're talking about quarterback helpers, right? Like all guys that uh, are, mm-hmm. are great safety valves for a quarterback. Mac Jones, a young quarterback. I, I mean, what, what do you think is realistic time frame for when Mac Jones can come in and be an effective quarterback for the Patriots? Uh, week one, 2022 is probably when you'll see Mac Jones. Uh, you, you know, I think you're going to probably see Cam Newton. He's going to be the guy that they use as the bridge guy. And like you said, when you put talent around a quarterback, uh, especially veteran talent, regardless of the quarterback's a young quarterback or a veteran quarterback, things tend to be a little bit easier for, for him. So I think what you're going to see with Cam Newton is him kind of be the mentor to Mac Jones, but Bill's not going to throw him to the wolves right away. He's going to let Mac learn, understand what, you know, it means to be a professional player in the NFL and I think you're going to see the New England Patriots have success on the Cam Newton because you're going to have some weapons around them. And there'll be no rush to get Mac Jones in there to play unless this team happens to go 0-6 or 0-8, and there's no chance they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, you just said uh, some success for this roster. Is this a playoff team in your mind this year? Oh, yeah, no, no doubt. When you look at their schedule, I think they got the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL. When you just look at that, you know, the first three weeks of the season, you got Miami, you got the Jets, and then you got New Orleans. Um, all three of them got quarterback issues. And then you got Tampa Bay coming in in, in week four. I think that you look at their schedule, they're in a really good position uh, where most of their tough games don't come towards the end of the season. So this, by far, is a playoff team, especially with the talent, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the football as well. You can hear him on WEEI, former Patriots tight end, Jermaine Wiggins. Jermaine, I appreciate your time. Uh, this is your chance. You know, I'm a lifelong Raiders fan. If you want to admit that it was a fumble and there's no <laughs> such thing as a tuck, it will really help our relationship. Are you in? I, I mean, I only – I don't, listen, I'm like every other American in this country. I follow the rules and I, and I abide by those rules. And the rule was it was an incomplete pass. So I don't make them. I just abide by them.
Oh, that is, you know what? The, the sad part is you're right, and I can't even fight it. Jermaine, I appreciate you joining me, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. Not a problem. Anytime. You guys can follow him at jwigs85. Find him out on Twitter. Check him out on WEEI. Jermaine Wiggins, former Patriots tight end. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. With insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles. You can get it all. Just go to 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or progressive.com. They'll get you in on everything. All right. The NFL schedule is out. And I'm going to ask all the guys on this show and you guys to chime in. You can chime in on social media at Spain and Fitz, at Jason Fitz. We'll do it next. What's the one game? You can only watch one game on your favorite team schedule all year. What's it going to be? Tweet me at Jason Fitz. We'll get some of those best responses. We'll give you some of our thoughts next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. One of my favorite exercises to do, something we did on first and last way back in the day, something that we've done on this show is to ask you to drill down to one moment of joy, which means you got to filter all the rest of them out. We're going to do that now with the NFL schedule. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Jason Fitz flying solo. You guys can chime in, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can chime in anytime for the rest of the show. we got an hour and 13 minutes left that I'll be with you. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Here's what I want you to tell me. If you look at your favorite NFL team schedule, and you can only watch one game for the entire year. That's all you're going to get to see. You don't get to see a single second of anything other than one game. What game is it going to be and why? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can also tweet me if you guys are sitting somewhere, at Jason Fitz, super easy. Let me know what one game you would watch and why. And, you know, to me, this is an interesting experiment because we all know how much we love watching our favorite teams, but also, what are you looking for here? Like, are you looking to watch your favorite team? And, like, as a Raiders fan, I got to ask myself, I want to look at the Raiders' schedule. Do I want to watch a Raiders win? Do I want to watch the Raiders get into a situation where I get a good indication of how good they are? Because like, you can watch the Raiders win one game, not see anything else, and not have any context to how good they were that season. Or, do I want something that gives me a real idea of who the team is? Do I care about rivalry or do I care about taking on a particular team? Like there is no easy answer for what one game to watch. I'll tell you what one game would not be on my list as the one game to watch. And that's Baltimore. The opening Monday night game, not on my list. Not on my list. It's a good uh, look. I love that we're opening Monday night football in Vegas. Uh, I'm going to go back to, you know, my roots with Vegas. I'm sure ESPN, you know, NFL bosses, Seth Markman talking to you. I'm going to hit you up for passes. We're going to try and get myself some opportunity to go to that game. But it wouldn't be on my list as the one to watch. I want you guys to chime in. Tell me what you've got. In the meantime, I'm going to ask some of my guys here. Stosh, uh, Stosh, noted Chiefs fan. So Stosh and I had some conversation beforehand because usually as a Raiders fan, I might say Chiefs. As a Chiefs fan, he might say Raiders. And look, Stosh, I'll give you that freedom to do it, but... I don't know. You've got a really stinking good football team that's going to play some stinking good games. So what's it going to be this year? Number one, you've never been more right. <laughs> and number two, this was tough, but I've, for personal reasons, have narrowed it down to this. Sunday, November 21st, Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And the reason I circled this game is because my wife is a diehard Cowboys fan and even though it might get me in the doghouse for a few days, I'm going to enjoy this whooping thoroughly. 
Oh, so it's not about sharing the moment with your wife. It's about making sure that you get to trash talk. Making sure she knows who's the best team in football. Uh, you know what? I really, I respect the heck out of that entire opinion, by the way. That's that's well played by you, and uh, I, I can't even fight it. By the way, the Raiders this year play uh, on Thanksgiving. So, you know, I thought with the Cowboys that might be consideration, but it's Thanksgiving. Like, I don't want that to be the one game. I can watch a replay of an old game on Thanksgiving while I eat too much turkey. So, uh, but I love your call. I mean, anytime to see Dak, who I, you know, we all presume at this point we hope is going to be healthy. If Dak is healthy, that game is absolutely exciting. Let's check out what one of the other guys thinks. Jake, what do you got, man? Uh, Jake is a big Bears fan. Sarah's not here. So, Jake, this is the pressure as you now represent all of the Bears fans on this show. And I will make sure, Sarah, here's your answer. You get one game. What's it going to be? I'm proud to hear that I am the Bears representative while Sarah is away. But on December 12th, Sunday night football, week 14, the Bears go into Green Bay and play the Packers with our shiny new stud of a quarterback with Justin Fields. It's going to be nice to see the Packers in front of all of their fans being a quarterback situation that they've never been a part of. The Bears will finally have the better QB in that matchup for the first time in my lifetime. So I'm looking forward to whooping on the Packers on Sunday night football in front of the nation. Wow. So you're predicting no Aaron Rodgers with the Packers then, right? I mean, obviously, he's very upset, so saith Adam Schefter. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think, Jake, I love you, buddy. I think you might be thinking with your heart a little bit on this one. But I, I appreciate, like, see, it's a smart move, though, because you're taking a rivalry, and you're taking a rivalry with an opportunity to see something you haven't seen in your lifetime, where the Bears have a better quarterback than the Packers. Like, that. there's a lot of sense to that. Devin works on the show. Devin is a big, big Ravens fan. I already told you, uh, Raiders, Ravens, Monday Night Football, not on my list, Devin. But I'll let you, you, you can pick whatever you want, looking at the Ravens schedule. What's the one game you're going to watch and why? So, uh, Stosh, you know, behind the scenes kind of dogged me and said the Chiefs aren't even the Raiders, the Ravens aren't on the Chiefs radar in terms of his games that he wants to watch. So Ooh. I won't pick them, but I think it's week uh, 12. The Ravens play the Browns Sunday night football in Baltimore. And that's the first matchup of the Browns Ravens Browns matchup. So that's the one I got circled. Is that because you want to watch the Ravens crush the Browns or because you think the Browns provide good competition and you think like it'll give you a sense of the team or, you know, you're just definitely sense of the team. But the Browns are still the little brother. And I, until then, they're they're the little brother. Lamar is what, like what, four and one against them. So, yeah, it'll no, be another it'll not. be another bloodbath. All right. Let's let's you guys are chiming in. I'll let you do it. Brandon in Missouri. What do you got? You got one game to watch. What's your favorite team? What's a game and why? Huge Raiders fan, and if he comes back healthy, I think the Raiders, when they host the Bengals in November, is going to be a great game. Oh, taking on Joe Burrow. Yeah, that is a – Brandon, that's a good call. And, look, I'm all in on the Bengals this year. I think they're going to be much better. I like that call a lot. And I actually thought about that as a Raiders fan as my possibility because it's also a good, like, test. The Bengals are going to be better than they were, but still a winnable game for Vegas. So I I like it a lot. Jimmy in Arizona, what's your team, what's your game, and why? Um, I'm a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan. And week 12 at the San Francisco 49ers, I'm painting the uh, revenge game from two years ago when we looked terrible and got shellacked. So I'm hoping at that point, week 12, this late in the season, uh, we have something to shoot for, either a division title or a wild card matchup. Look, I like that call a lot, too. Same thing. Like, you're getting a good competition on that for a Minnesota team that everybody at that point is either going to be in love with or all out on. So I, I like that call a lot. Eric in Washington, chime in next. You guys can all chime in. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. All right, Eric, what's your team? What's the game and why? Can you hear me? 
I got you, buddy. All right. Okay. I'm Eric. I'm a big Rams fan. Give me Rams and Niners week 18 for the division and for the number one seed. Oh, see, that's a bold prediction, Eric. Thanks for the call, man. I like that. I like that. And all in on a Rams team that, frankly, I think a lot of people are going to be all in on. And the 49ers team that lost so many games last year for starters to injury. I mean, the 49ers, realistically, I think are a a Super Bowl contender. So you're not wrong. That game could be with a lot on the line. Plus, you're getting the rivalry in it. I went back and forth on this one. For me, I took out some of the rivalries because, frankly, the Chiefs, I think, are better than the Raiders. I don't want to watch that one. Uh, So I took that out. I took out the Broncos because when I lose to the Broncos, it just hurts my heart too much. I don't want to take that chance. So I took them out, and I'm not counting the Chargers. So for me, I've gone back and forth on whether or not to go Browns, but no, I didn't. I am ending up taking a little surprise pick here. December 5th at home against the Washington football team. I think the Washington football team is set to be very good this year, and that defense is really strong. So it's an opportunity to see a game against a team the Raiders don't play very often. It's a game I think they can win, but if they do win, it's a game against a really good opponent. So all of that is a win for me across the board to see where the Raiders really are. Keep tweeting me, at Jason Fitz. What's your team? What's the one game and why? Plus, you can call 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll take the calls all night. 888-729-3776. We'll keep taking your calls as they come in. In the meantime, hot takes are still coming on the NBA. The season is almost near. I don't want the Lakers or Nets to go to the finals. I'll tell you why next. Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Jason Fitz flying solo tonight. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And you guys have slammed the Goodyear hotline. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. There are so many of you on hold. We will get to you in just a minute. As I've asked you guys on social media and to call in, tell me, uh, with the NFL schedule released, it's our favorite exercise to do sometimes here, you got one. You only get to watch one game all season. What's your team? What's the game going to be? And why with the NFL season? That's You only get one. You don't even get to see a highlight from anything else. You can tweet me. At Jason Fitz, you can also call 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Again, you've stacked the phone lines. Give me a couple minutes, I'll get to you. In the meantime, i got to get a little NBA takery off my chest. i got takes tonight, all right? And look, this comes back to... Look, thank you. The guys are just doing such a great job in the studio. Uh, look, I got takes. Sarah's not here to stop them, and I'm just throwing them out. Like, there's chaos. There's no accountability. I'm just getting hot takery all over the place. And the hot take goes to the, N- in the NBA. Is I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't want the Lakers or the Nets to go to the finals. I want them both to lose. I'm done. I'm out. Look, and this comes back to a conversation we had a couple of days ago with uh, Jacoby, Jalen Jacoby, you guys check out all the time. And I was thinking about it as, as late as today, our conversation with Jacoby. And one of the threads that just kept going through my mind was, what if? Like, we're so obsessed with star power in the NBA because it's a great story. And as I said earlier in the show, if you missed it, check out the Spain and Fitz podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You know, at some point, part of the reason we're obsessed with the play-in tournament on the West is because... It involves big brands, and there's this presumption that the Lakers are going to get healthy, and once they're healthy, they'll be just fine. They'll run right through everybody. But hear me out. What about see you next year? See, the Lakers can actually say that. The Lakers can look around and say, y'all, like, health was a real issue this year. We had some issues. It just didn't come together health-wise because of it, and unfortunately, we weren't able to put enough people on the court to get done what we want to get done. But we'll get healthy, spend the offseason, a normal offseason, we'll get right. And as soon as we're right, we'll get back to the finals. And we'll all believe that. We'll all go with it. 
Same with the Nets. I mean, continuity has to matter. I keep saying it. We learned it last year with the Clippers. You can't play basically no games together and then suddenly find yourself in the NBA Finals. Or can you? And if you can, does that mean that the entire process is just about having a couple of guys healthy? I don't love that mindset. ESPN NBA analyst Tim Legler said this about the Nets and how much time they need. Of all of the teams that have had guys out and they're getting them back, this is the one team I look at and say, they don't need a lot of time. This is the best offensive, just raw scoring trio this league has ever seen. And I don't know how anybody can come up with enough of a scheme and have enough personnel in a seven-game series if all three of those guys are not limited physically, which it doesn't look like they're going to be. Which is great, by the way, for Nets fans and Lakers fans that say, hey, all we got to do is get healthy. But if you're the Nets, you can do the same thing that I just said about the Lakers. You don't win it this year. You say, hey, guys, man, it just it didn't come together health-wise. We're going to be just fine. We need a little more time together. Or you can excuse away the lack of a championship knowing full well that we'll all be obsessed with why the Nets and the Lakers are headed back next year. No matter what happens this year in the playoffs, we will presume that the Nets and Lakers are going to run it back next year. With that being said, if there's a window open, if the door has slightly been cracked open to something unexpected, I want that. I mean, yes, as I've said multiple times, nobody in the ratings world is really craving a Milwaukee versus Phoenix NBA Finals. I hear that. I understand it, and they'll feed narratives everywhere about the problems with the NBA because it won't get watched the way the finals would be if it was Nets and Lakers. I get that. But I also like the opportunity for something that we can't predict a year and a half out. That's the opportunity here. See, if the Bucks lose in the playoffs, they won't be able to excuse it away. If the Nets can have no continuity, run through the East, and still win it, then the real message to everybody else is quit trying. Like, you can't top this. I don't love that. If the Lakers cannot play any basketball during the course of the late portion of the season with healthy bodies and then get healthy just at the right time and run right through the West, what's the message to Utah and Phoenix? Yeah, well, gear up for next year. Maybe they'll be injured then. Like, where's the hope come from? At least in a year where the window has been left open, the, the, the doors crack slightly, give me unexpected. Because I don't think what we really, what we're not appreciating right now, I should say, is that I don't think we're going to have much that's unexpected for the next several years. So if we have that moment now, I want to take it. And I want to take it all day, every day. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Okay, I've asked you guys, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You got one game you can watch this year on the NFL calendar for your favorite team. What's your team? What's the game? And why? It's simple, and you've loaded the phones up. So... Let's get you some, some of you guys in. Kyle in Nebraska, who's your team? What's the game and why? Well, my family likes uh, to watch the Kansas City Chiefs, so I'm going to enjoy week 18 watching them go into Denver and lose to Aaron Rodgers and the Denver Broncos. Kyle, do you want me to go to rehab? Is that, that That's what Kyle wants. Kyle, thanks for the call. That's a, that's, a, that's a great call because Kyle sneakily just told you right there that he's putting Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos, which means – I'm going to drink too much all fall. Like, if I have to take on, as a Raiders fan, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers every single year, I, really? Like, what do I, at that point, do I just, like, box up the gear and wait for next time? Like, I, I, I'll feel like the Suns feel right now, knowing that the Lakers can just run through everybody. Ray in that Texas. maybe higher than yours, by the oh, way. Wait, who, wait, you got a hot take, Sash? No, I said that hot take from Kyle may have been hotter than yours. Yeah, I, I don't think insane. you're wrong. 
I mean, and, and Aaron Rodgers, by the way, needs to stay in Green Bay just for the health of my liver. Ray in Texas. Uh, all right, what you got on this? Who's your team? Uh, what's the one game you're going to watch and why? Uh, first time caller, man. Long time listener. Appreciate you having me. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, Texas, man, I know I'm supposed to root for these cowgirls. I can't stand them. I can't stand these cowgirls. <laughs> the opening season game, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, die hard since the age of eight. Can't wait to see them smash these cowgirls. First game of the season, set it out right. We might go undefeated this season. Oh, look at that. We got, what I love about y'all is you're not just calling. You're bringing the takes. Like I, I, You guys all drank your Stephen A. juice this morning, and you are bringing the takes. I'm in on it all day long. By the way, on Twitter, uh, James came back and said, I'd probably choose Rams-Lions. A game is I'm a Rams fan, and the revenge aspect is intriguing, which I, I think is good. Thomas said, if I could only watch one game of my team, the Rams, it'd be Rams versus Buccaneers. Getting a lot of Rams love Digitally, the new normal said, I'm going with the first game of the season, Falcons-Eagles, because if Matt Ryan does not throw for 800 yards and 12 touchdowns, the entire city will be asking why we didn't draft Justin Fields. He's not wrong about that. Scott in Minnesota. Scott, who's your team? What's the game, and why are you watching it? My game, uh, my team is the Steelers. The game is week 14, Thursday night football against the Vikings. To watch Harris go against Cook, two of the best backs, hopefully, in the NFL. Oh, I like that. I like that take. I, you know what, Scott? Now that you're not on the phone, I'll just tell you the honest truth. I think the Steelers are going to be really bad this year. Book it! The Raiders are beating the Steelers week two. I'm ready! I'm bringing in all the... <laughs> oh, the accountability police are going to come after me in this one. Let's get one more in real quick. Steven, California, what's your team? What's the game and why? Yes, sir. I'm a I'm a Niners fan, and I think uh, week seven after after our bye, Trey uh, Trey Lance starts, and then the Forest Buckers had this game circled like since last year. Okay, so you're taking Niners versus Colts in that matchup, and and look, I appreciate the call on it. I'm just going to tell you though, as a Niners fan, if Trey Lance starts, that means Jimmy G's not playing well enough, and I would ne- I would personally never want to see a Super Bowl caliber roster, and I do believe that the 49ers have a Super Bowl caliber roster handed over to a rookie quarterback. I just don't think it makes sense. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. You got one on the NFL schedule. What's your team? What's the one game? If you can only watch one game, you can't even see a highlight from any other. One game, what's it going to be and why? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Y'all have just stacked the phone lines, and we don't open the calls up very often. So I'm going to keep letting you guys chime in with your, your calls and your magnificent hot takes. Plus, I'm going to tell you one unexpected uh, challenge that will be uh, a part of the NFL culture thanks to the 17-game schedule. We'll do that next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Jason Fitz flying solo. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You guys have slammed the Goodyear hotline as we ask you to take a look at your favorite team schedule and tell me the one game you're going to watch. You got one game you can watch all year. You don't even get to see a highlight from any others, but you get to watch one game. What's the game going to be and why? ESPN Radio presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com. I'll tell you the unintended consequence of a 17-game schedule in just a minute, but so many of you are on hold want to let you get in a little bit here. So let's go to Josh in Dallas. Josh, what's your favorite team? What's the one game you're going to watch and why? Uh, one game I'm going to watch is the Week 5 matchup between the Miami Dolphins and Tampa Bay. Just like the other caller said, Tampa Bay is going to have a great year. 
But hot take, Tampa Bay is not going to go undefeated because the Dolphins are going to beat them uh, in week five. It's the first game of the little I-95 battle for Florida. Next, the next week they got to go play Jacksonville. They're going to beat both of those teams. So, Woo! yeah, that's my game. Oh, look at this. Like, the unintended consequence here. I've just mentioned unintended consequences of a 17-game schedule. The unintended sort of benefit, I think, to us of getting you guys to call in is I love the unfiltered hot takes that are coming. Like, at this point in the season, or the year, I should say, we're so far away from the season, I can't challenge any of these hot takes. Like, do I really think Miami's going to beat Tampa Bay? No, but I can't tell you that they won't. There's so many variables at this point. I love the positivity. Jack in North Carolina. Jack, thanks for calling the show. What's your team? What's the one game you're going to watch and why? Hey, Fitzy. Uh, my team is the Cowboys, and the game I'm talking about is uh, Cowboys and the Chiefs. Uh, when is that? That's uh, November. And the main reason is, is because it's not only going to be a litmus test for the Cowboys for the next five years, but it's also going to be for owners and management looking at how they're going to do contracts for uh, big contracts. Like, is that going to be worth the money? Are we going to see production out of Zeke? Um, you know, um, they're going to check and see, is it worth these big contracts, especially players coming off of uh, injuries as well? Yeah, you're absolutely right that all eyes are going to be. My hope is that Dak comes in and plays the way Dak was playing because, man, I love it when guys get paid and then come out and have a ton of success. I want win-win out of all of these situations. By the way, John on Twitter tweeted me. Uh, that's the only place he could tweet me, I guess. Uh, that The game he's going to watch is going to be Raiders versus Chiefs with Aaron Rodgers as the Raiders quarterback. Not happening. Also, Sean said Bills versus Pats Monday night in Buffalo. As long as, the, uh, as long as the Bills win, years of losing to Brady and it feels good to not be their punching bag anymore. I, I, I totally hear that. I'm surprised I haven't heard that more. Michael with a hot take here, says, lifelong Packer fan in Texas now. I don't want to watch a single Packer game because of the mishandling of Rodgers. Wow. Wow. Everybody says that. Like, I would love to say that I could give up on watching the Raiders uh, when I'm frustrated with them, but I can't. Like, you know, it's like saying that you're not going to stalk your ex on Facebook. You still do it. Andrew in Ohio, what's your team? What's the game and why? Fitzy, hey, man, I cannot wait to get redemption with my Steelers versus Browns, man. We got to make up for that first quarter. We we by finally we have um, a team in the Browns that we can actually um, we that we, we we actually have a foe. And now I'm so excited to get revenge. So I'm glad the rivalry is back. It's great. I live in Ohio. I grew up in PA. Can't wait to see this uh, take out. Now that we got our new our new running back, can't wait to see that matchup. Yeah, look, Andrew, I I love the, the you know you know you've been the dominant team in a long time when. You're not as good, and one of your rivals is better. And it's like, no, we just appreciate the challenge. Like, I, for once, as a Raiders fan, I don't want challenge. Like, I just want the Raiders to win huge games. Let's get one more in real quick. Travis in Arizona, what do you got, man? What's the one game you're going to watch, and why? Oh, what's your favorite team? Uh, Arizona Cardinals. I'm excited to watch the Dan Campbell Lions bite some kneecaps off. And I'm just grateful that it's the end of the, end of the season for the Cardinals. <laughs> Oh, Travis, like, I love the fact that Travis is all in on that because his team's good and he knows that they're just going to kill the Lions at that point. Like, that's a that's a big win. You guys can keep chiming, chiming in, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll get more of your calls in as we continue to go through the NFL schedule and take a look at the one game you would watch for your favorite team if you only got one, 888-SAY-ESPN. In the meantime, the expansion to 17 games has an unexpected impact, and I think it hits this year, and that is – 
it, barring ties, let's let's bar the tie conversation out of this for a second. Every coach at this point is now going to be a winner or a loser. Think about how different you feel about your team every single year if you finish eight and eight versus seven and nine. There's a substantial difference in the way you feel about the entire off season when you've gone seven and nine and you think, man, losing, but we almost got there. You go eight and eight and you think, man, we are right on the cusp of the playoffs. That one game totally changes the mindset. And I don't think that's going anywhere. Now with the seventeen game season, eight and eight no longer exists. Everything will be about nine and eight. Eight and nine, yes. There will be the rare eight, eight and one. And I'm sure somebody will troll me and remind me that that's a possibility. But realistically, it's not a big possibility. What's real is that at this point, owners who are as fickle and emotional when it comes to their teams as fans are quite often will now have to look at their head coach and know immediately that that coach is either a winner or a loser. How much differently will we view, for example, John Gruden if this year the Raiders go eight and nine? Versus going 9-8, and eight, having a winning season being on the cusp, or having a losing season and saying, why isn't more being done? If you look at a team that's trying to fight their way into the playoffs, we watched the Bears make the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. What's the conversation going to be around the Bears or the Washington football team? Teams, fan bases that have been desperate to take that leap if they find themselves at 8-9 and nine instead of 9-8. and eight. It sounds like a small difference, but it isn't. Because realistically, 8-8 eight and eight at least puts you in the realm of mediocrity. We joke about Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher, the former Titans coach, then the former Rams coach, that seemed to be the master of 8-8. Eight and eight, The master of mediocrity. We joke about it. But the ultimate undoing for a coach isn't being mediocre, mediocre more often than not. The undoing of a coach is being a loser. And the loser mentality has been something that wasn't black or white. It was gray for a very long time. Loser mentality was gray. What was expected? How are we playing? What do we look like? What's our development look like? All of these are questions you have to ask, especially if you're a team that goes 8-8. Eight and eight. But now, that conversation is totally different. Because every year, when you roll out your season ticket pricing plan, every year, when you try and figure out what you're going to charge to come into your stadium, every year, when you try and sell the one thing that's most important to sell in the NFL, which is not necessarily wins or losses, it's hope. Look at the NFL draft. Look at free agency. The NFL spends all year selling you hope like it's a drug. But in order for that drug to continue to work, you got to have the highs, not just the lows. In order for that drug to continue to kick in, you got to make sure that there's a feel-good, not just the feel-negative. You can sell hope. You can sell the high. You can sell the hope of feeling good around a team that's 9-8. and eight. But that conversation changes drastically when it goes to 8-9. and nine. Not to mention, oh my God, 7-10? and 10? How do you feel when your team goes 6-10? and 10? Because that is going to be the way you feel now about a 7-win season. That's a massive difference in mindset. It's a massive difference in approach. And it's going to lead, in my opinion, to a massive difference in patience when it comes to analyzing what's going on with the coaching staff, what's going on with the front office, and what's going on with quarterbacks. Because quarterbacks are defined by their win-loss record, right or wrong, right? Now, now, mediocre is no longer in existence. You're a winner or you're a loser. And for the most part, there is no in-between. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. All right, we'll get back to the NBA. I want to get some expertise on all things of what we should expect, especially in the East. We'll look at one of the great experts next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio.
Spain and Fitz, the podcast. We are down to the final few days of the NBA regular season. I just don't remember the last time I felt like so many people were staring at the standings because there was so much importance in the final few days of the regular season. A huge win for the NBA, but we need some expertise to break it all down. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel Lady Jason Fitz flying solo tonight. I want to get some thoughts, and when these things come up, I think it's great to get great minds on it. We're going to do that now uh, with one of the best, James Posey, a former NBA player, host of the postcast on, doc- on basketballnews.com. By the way, the best podcast name ever. Played 12 years in the NBA, <laughs> including Denver, Miami, Boston, Memphis. James, man, I appreciate you, you joining us, and I think it's interesting because your stops align with some of the teams we need to talk about, right? Like, I'm trying to figure out what the heck has gone wrong for Boston that they're sitting here in a seventh seed, and I got Kendrick Perkins saying they look like they don't even care when they play. What's wrong with the Celtics? Oh, man. Well, right now, the biggest blow is uh, Jalen Brown being hurt and being done for, you know, being done for the season. Um, they had a nice thing going, uh, you know, as far as, like, chemistry-wise, and they were playing good. Uh, I think it was just a matter of being consistent and uh, just a, a tough start to the season. Um, so, it's most definitely with Jalen Brown being, being out, it's going to uh, – toughen things for them a little bit, but uh, they just have to defensively, you know, some buckle down and now, you know, going into the playoffs, you know, just start getting some consistency from different players that's going to have major roles and, and opportunities to play in the playoffs. So what do you do in that case if you're the Celtics organization and you're looking around and saying, okay, we're probably not going to make a run this year, and the Nets look stacked. We're not as good as Philly. We're not as good as Milwaukee, and that might be long-term too. Like, how do you handle it running your organization? Well, I mean, I know it it, it, it sounds uh, repetitive, but, I mean, it's really the next man up. And uh, I, I think the addition of Fournier was, was big for their team, another proven score. I think he has a opportunity to step up on, on a big stage and, and play well for him. Um, so you, you have you have uh, Tatum and, and Fournier carrying the load and Kimber playing well. And it's, it's going to be by committee for sure. And, in a playoff, it's, it's about matchups, and it's just depend on if they're able to to match the firepower and uh, of that next team they face in the, in the playoffs. Do they have the right coach to maximize what they have in Boston? I think they do. I mean, <laughs> uh, he's been he's been a winning coach there. Uh, he's gotten them, you know, as far as he could. And like I said, with the with COVID and everything, you know, it, it put a lot of uh, a damp on a lot of teams, uh, you know, just with guys being in and out. And then, of course, you know, you have to have uh, the blessings of not having injury, and, that, and that's something they experienced, uh, you know, last year and a little bit of this year. So coaching-wise, I mean, only thing he could do is lead them, which he has been doing a great job of doing. Uh, it's just sort of unlucky for the most part of some of the things that's happened uh, for that team. We're talking to James Posey, former NBA player. Check out the postcast on basketballnews.com. So, James, you also played in Miami, and we talked earlier on the show about Miami, Atlanta, and the Knicks seem to be clumped together, obviously, fighting for the 4, 5, or 6 seed. Can any of them in your mind actually make some noise in the East, though? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Heat. Uh, I just <laughs> like, I know Coach Spo down there. He's going to have them ready. And uh, the guys, uh, you know, they, they want to finish the season up right this year. Um, you know, it was unexpected, I guess, of what they did last year if he wasn't a Heat fan or in Heat Nation. Uh, but just knowing them, they're going to put themselves in the, in the best situation. 
Uh, I think they match up well with any team. I think they got you know enough firepower this year. Uh, they're going to be disciplined on, on both ends of the ball, and they're going to make you work, and they're going to grind it out. Uh, so I, I do like their chances of, of, of getting out the East. Um, so, I mean, we'll just see. Yeah, is it, what's the gap like in your mind between where Brooklyn and Philly and the Bucks are versus that next clump of teams? Well, when you talk about Brooklyn, I mean, <laughs> that three-headed monster, you have three guys that's capable of scoring 30 <laughs> – 30 every night. So when you think about that, that's 90 points. Um, so they could, you know, they got enough firepower over there compared to most, most teams where they might just have a two headed monster. Uh, but things slow down in, in the, uh, in the playoffs and, you know, going against Brooklyn, that's what you want to do. Sort of slow them down and sort of pick your poison where all three of them can't have big nights, you know, scoring wise. And hopefully you can sort of, you know, uh, put a little uh, a physical presence on them and, and tire those guys down. Um, they're a strong jump-shooting team. So if you wear them a little bit and maybe have contested jump shots, and then luck is on your side if they're missing jump shots. Um, with Philly, you know, Embiid's been playing great. Uh, and Simmons, he, he has as well. So for them, uh, another opportunity to prove to everybody else that they're ready for this, uh, for this challenge ahead of them. You know, you have Doc Rivers over there. And I think they've they've had a steady pace of um, of play this this season. Uh, MP was up there with the MVP talks, but managing the season, I think they've done a great job of doing so. And it's going to, I think, sort of help them in in the playoff where MB gets more touches and he could be as dominant force in the paint uh, as a big down, you know, in the NBA. You mentioned that everything slows down. In the playoffs, we all know that, right? We all talk about that constantly. But as a player, when you look at it and you see the way the you know Brooklyn approaches the game, does it matter that they don't play any defense? Realistically, as good as their offense is. Well, I mean, if they're able to score the ball at will, then I mean it doesn't matter because they're going to just flat out outscore you. Like I said, they have very capable guys over there scoring. Um, but if you try to sort of shorten the possessions uh, and and I guess, you know, make it tougher for them. Like I said, all three of them can't play well. So you, you sort of, you know, hope you, you can have two of the guys, and so you're picking your poison each night with that. But uh, but you, you have to score as well. So matchups, like I said, is it, going to be key. And if you're going against Brooklyn, you're just going to need a third and maybe fourth person to contribute to, to the scoring to help, that, help your team win. And guys just have to uh, step up and get it done. So let's switch gears and look over at the West real quick here because obviously everybody's all in on the Lakers if they're healthy, but, I mean, they're they're sitting here in the play-in and we have no idea if they're healthy or not. If the Lakers aren't themselves going into this and you look at the rest of the West, to you, who separates themselves? Who's the best team out there? Uh, the, the best team, <laughs> uh, I mean, you have to give Utah credit, uh, but I, I still like Phoenix and and I like the Clippers. I think T. Lou has been doing a great job with them. Uh, you know, uh, the highs and the lows of the season, he's been keeping everything, you know, uh, moderate and just in between. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think he had those guys ready to play. Uh, I think for them, a uh, little chip on their shoulder. And also just, you know, they're, they're tired of hearing all the talk about them uh, not finishing up the way the season ended last year and, you know, that other team across the uh, across the way being the Lakers getting all the hype. So I think it's an opportunity for them to to play big, and I think they'll be ready 
uh, come the playoffs. Uh, Phoenix, they're playing well with CT, you know, leading the charge. And, but, you know, Coach Monty, uh, he's doing a great job over there. And CP, like I said, I think he's, he's top for me in the MVP race. Um, so Phoenix, they're not going to surprise anybody, but I think they're capable of, of surprising some teams there and, 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 and making a run. Look, I talk to our Memphis affiliate every single week. I can hear Memphis just yelling at me if I don't ask you any As somebody that played there, John Morant doing great things in Memphis. Like, what's the future look like for the Grizzlies in your mind? Hey, man, young, great talent over there. I think they're starting to get uh, the ball rolling a little bit. Uh, just need to be more consistent for the most part. And, and right now, just knowing that they're not sneaking up and surprising anybody, I think, uh, continue to play uh, tough on both ends of the, of the floor. And you have the young fella, like he, he's playing. He's playing great basketball. So if he's able to continue to lead and all the pieces, you know, come together and they're healthy, I mean, they're not surprising anybody, but they're going to they're gonna surprise some teams because, you know, Memphis, the city, and just the whole personality, you know, they say the grid and the grind is most definitely going to be that. It's going to be a tough out for anybody that goes against them. You guys got to be sure to check out the postcast on basketballnews.com. Great stuff there. James, we appreciate it. James Posey, former NBA player. Thanks so much for hanging out with me, man. All right. Thanks for having me. That's great stuff from him. And look, it's a reminder that there are a lot of teams. We're so obsessed with the Lakers and so obsessed with the Nets that oftentimes I feel like we just put blinders on and we're not paying enough attention to some of these other teams. The NBA has done a really nice job. And, you know, I feel like the last couple of years we sp- we talked about every every year we're talking about the next year's offseason and what, what player's going to go where and what super team's going to be built. And then we get these super teams and we spend so much time obsessed about which one of them is going to win a championship. And through all of that, we forget to live in the moment. Right now, the NBA is giving us a tremendous moment to live in. And that moment is a season where suddenly four, five, and six matter in the East. The seeding is more important than it's ever been. And the play-in has us all watching Golden State and the Lakers trying to figure out what's going to happen and what it means for Phoenix. I mean, the NBA has given us something incredibly difficult to do, especially in that league. They've given us unexpected. We need to live in this moment more to appreciate it. That was, uh, by the way, former NBA player James Posey on Spain and Fitz was brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Okay, you guys have been chiming in all night. We'll let you do it again. 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776. Your favorite team in the NFL. If you can only watch one game all year, what game is it going to be and why? 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776. You guys have also been tweeting me at Jason Fitz. We'll get some of your great responses to it and some of our thoughts on the week one matchups in the NFL next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz the podcast. I'll say it again. One of the most interesting chaotic moments in all of sports to me. The fact that we make such a big deal about schedules that are really basically already known. In fact, do yourself a favor sometime. Google your favorite team and the schedule for the next five years. You'll find out that the NFL already knows 14 of the 17 teams that will play each other every single year. Just a matter of when. But we seem to love the when and we want to blow up about it. But it leads to an interesting question. If you could only watch one game, well, now that we've seen the schedule this year, You don't get to see a highlight or anything else from any of them. You get to watch one game. What's the game and why? Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Jason Fitz flying solo. Again, Sarah Spain doing some great work today with ESPNW and with the Women's Summit at ESPN. Uh, Obviously, she's always a rock star. Speaking of rock stars, want to give Chanae Ogumake a little bit of love. 
her uh, documentary feature on life inside the Wubble for the WNBA is uh, it's out tonight. So make sure that you check that out. Uh, great work by Cheney as always, who continues to impress. I want to get right to you guys. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. What's your favorite team? What's a game you're going to watch and why? Chris in California, man, you've been hanging on. I really appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for calling the show. What's the team? What's the game and why? Thanks for having me. Uh, my favorite team is the Los Angeles Chargers. The game I'm most looking forward to is uh, Week 13 against the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and, versus Justin Herbert, upcoming superstars. Oh, I like that call a lot. And you, you know, at first I was sort of rolling an eye thinking, why of all the games, that one. But I think you know, you, you've echoed a sentiment we've had from a few callers. Like, th- there is a weird thing happening. It's called hype around the Bengals, and that's all because Joe Burrow is that flipping good. Uh, Adam in Nashville, when you call from Nashville, you're going to get through. I mean, that's just the way it works. Adam in Nashville, what you got, man? What's the team? What's the game and why? Fitz, man, I miss you. I'll say that off the bat. Uh, we got the Chiefs, man. That's like the, the marker game for us. And I don't get to hear you talk nearly as much about the Titans as I used to. So I'm interested to see, like, where you think we're at with this. Because it's, you know, is our defense fast enough now? Do we draft right? Are we explosive enough to keep up? That's kind of where I'm at, man. So uh love listening to you as always, buddy. Man, Adam, thanks for the call. And uh, everybody knows I love Nashville. Shout out to 1025 The Game, the place that gave me my start in Nashville, Tennessee. So a lot of love for Nashville. Uh, Look, I think the Titans are being slept on in this entire conversation. I I mean, frankly, yes, they took a bit of a risk because of health concerns uh, with their first-round draft pick, and I thought that was interesting given the way that Isaiah Wilson worked out last year for the team, so that's curious. But they have gone out and aggressively revamped this defense. Is it fast enough? Maybe not, but one of the things that we have to acknowledge with this team is that they're always going to be able to get theirs offensively. So one of the things that I think is slept on in the national conversation for the Titans particularly is their ability to to pick up massive plays in chunk yardage situations. So uh, I think the Titans are being slept on, but there's a lot of pressure on them. Uh, under, under Mike Vrabel, this defense has got to play better. When that's your calling card, you got to be better. They are young defensively early in the season. I think that will be a bit of a handicap, but as they get themselves better throughout the course of the year this is a team that I think has uh, they're they're capable of taking a deep run I would put the Titans on the same tier as everybody in the AFC not named Kansas City in my mind the Chiefs are number one but the the Titans are part of that second the top of that second tier capable of making a Super Bowl run Ryan in Denver what you got man thanks for calling the show what's your favorite team what's the one game you'd watch and why uh, Seahawks and Week 13 sun- and Sunday Night Football against the 49ers. I'm cautiously optimistic about the Seahawks this year. I think they finally might have addressed the offensive line, um, and it's always good to kick the 49ers around. <laughs> and there we got to the meat of it, although I'm not sure you'll be kicking them around. I mean, I think the West is going to be incredible this year. Not just good, incredible. Like, we're just going to be sitting back watching the West saying, oh, my God, how many teams can make the playoffs from one division? So I'm all in on why that'll be a good one. Scott and Virginia, what's the team? What's the game and why? Uh, Carolina Panthers here. Mm. I, I cannot wait to see what Donald does against the Jets week one. I'm going to do my best to be there back-to-back weeks because you got Clemson, Georgia the weekend before there as well. Mm. Mm. I mean, you look, you're bringing the fire when it comes to – that is one of the best things the NFL did. 
The NFL took a matchup that later in the season would not necessarily have as much love, and they put it right at the top, and they gave you Sam Darnold taking on the Jets. Like, there's an evil, maniacal laugh that goes with that. In fact, uh, ESPN NFL analyst Marcus Spears was on NFL Live and said this about that matchup and what he hopes happens. I want Sam Darnold to hang 350 on the New York Jets for four touchdowns. They booted the man out of there, told him he wasn't good enough, and they knew the situation that he was in. Now he He's in a better situation in Carolina with Joe Brady, a team that's built around him. Matt Rule has expressed that confidence by extending his fifth-year option. They traded for him to go get him. Sam Dornell, I hope, because I would want my quarterback to have this makeup. I hope it's personal. I hope he has a vendetta against the New York Jets. I hope his mindset going into that game is to show them if you would have surrounded me with the right situation, I could have been this type of player. I agree with him. The rest of the season is vitally important, but I don't want no damn level-headed quarterback right now. I want a petty quarterback. I want a quarterback that's looking at the team that told him he wasn't good enough, and he get him the first week in the season after he was traded and an opportunity to put his foot in they blank blank. Let's go. Spain and Fitz, and that's Marcus Pierce just bringing the heat there. But he's not wrong. Like To me, that week one matchup for the Panthers sets the tone for their entire season. If Sam Darnold goes out and just absolutely annihilates, man, that gives him a level of confidence going through all of this that I think matters to young players. I don't care what you say. I don't care how much we talk about how tough we think everybody is. Like Sometimes you need a launching pad. That week one game is either a launching pad or it is absolutely going to sink everything that they thought. All of that comes from week one. Will in North Carolina, thanks for calling the show. What's your favorite team? What's the one game you're going to watch this year and why? Um, in North Carolina, my favorite team is the New York Jets. So, uh, me and my son, I'm taking them to his first game. We're going to head up to Charlotte and watch the New York Jets. Hopefully, whoop up on Sam Donald and the Carolina Panthers. Look at that. See, we, now we got the other side of it. But it is, I mean, for Jets fans, this is going to be inextricably linked forever. I just wanted to use inextricably. I'm not even sure if I did it right, but we'll go with that. It's going to be linked forever because realistically, whatever Sam Darnold does will be matched over here by whatever Zach Wilson does. Now, I expect to be, you know, cautious in the approach with Zach. But I'm not sure everybody else will. Tyler in Dallas, thanks for calling the show, man. What do you got? What's your favorite team? What's the one game you would watch in this exercise and why? Yeah, my name is actually Tyron, man. I'm a, I watch, want to watch Brady when he comes to um, the Foxborough, man. I really like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what they have put together. Ty- Tyron, I appreciate the call. Sorry about the name, my friend. Uh, and you're not wrong. Uh, look, that's going to be an incredibly uh, vibrant game. But like I said earlier, I just need everybody to have a little bit of context on it. When you are defined by Super Bowls, as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are, it's great to have a meaningful regular season game. But I refuse to accept any logic that takes their legacies and ties it to this regular season matchup. Because remember, no matter who beats who in that one game, the entire judgment at the end will be who beats who in a Super Bowl. It will be which one goes on to have more success, short-term and long-term, for how they build their entire empire. That's not something we'll get an answer from on an October 3rd game in Week 4 of the NFL season. No matter what they do in Week (laughs) 4... No matter what they do in week four, they'll be judged by Super Bowls. Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.